Welcome to the Power of the Next 100 podcast. My name is Alana Shanahan, and I'm the Director of Athletics, and we'll be your host as we meet with Kelly Tolan-Kappen from College Class of 2001 and Dean Mariotti from the College Class of 2000. Welcome to you both. So both celebrated former women's soccer players from the early 2000s. We're thrilled to have them both with us today. Both had a myriad of all Ivy and national awards while they during their playing days at Penn. And uh, we're excited to spend some time with them and talk a little bit about the past 100 years of athletics as well as what we aspire for the future. So again, welcome to you both. And let's let's kick things off. And, and this question I will pose to both of you, but let's start with Dean. Let's hear a little bit about what these illustrious former women's soccer players have been doing since graduating from Penn. Since graduation, I've crisscrossed the country. I did teach for America out of college and moved to LA and I taught fifth grade in Compton for two years. And then I went back to Penn for grad school and I did a dual degree in ed leadership and um, a master's in government administration. Then I went to Chicago for five years where I worked for a venture philanthropy focused on education in Chicago schools and back to Philadelphia where I've been since then. Um, and I spent about 10 years in executive search focused on education recruitment. Um, and then the last couple of years um, has been the COVID, like everything's up in the <laughs> yes. air, life changes. Um, we all know that feeling. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that I am really up to right now uh, among many is that Kelly and I coach um, high school soccer together. I did read that. I find that absolutely awesome and fascinating at the same time. I have not found my moment to invest in youth sport coaching yet, but uh, I do see it in the future at some point. But so fun that you're coaching together, like fabulous. <laughs> so a lot of crisscrossing the country as well. I'm glad that you seem to find your way to Philadelphia with some consistency through that time. It's, uh, it's a good city, good town. All right, Kelly, how about you? I am much more of a homebody than Dean. I, after graduation, I moved to New York City. I spent a year there um, in public relations. 9-11 kind of happened. The company I was working for folded after that. And so I ended up back in the Philadelphia area, um, kind of worked my way into sports through the one of the original women's soccer leagues. Um, I did some marketing for them. And then I ended up at Temple University in athletics doing philanthropy and fundraising alumni relations, um, which has kind of been my path since then. Uh, after Temple in athletics, Alana gave me the fabulous <laughs> opportunity to work at Penn. Um, and so I joined Penn Athletics as a major gift officer. And then I spent 15 years at Germantown Academy, which is a private school right outside um, the Philadelphia area. And that's when I started my coaching career. I, I spent 15 years there as um, in fundraising, major gifts, campaign, and I also got to coach soccer for the first time. And so I spent 10 years there as a soccer coach, which was so fun. Um, and now most recently I did some consulting and like Dean, I did a little switching. And most recently I'm, um, I joined the Conley Foundation and I'm excited to kind of still remain in philanthropy, but be on the other side of, instead of asking, it's fun to be able to be supportive of an organization that um, really just cares so much about the Philadelphia area and supports so many nonprofits here. Yeah, no, it's absolutely nice to see that switch flipped. I think everybody in their career at some time of being a fundraiser would love that opportunity to make their own investments. So it kudos to good. you for finding, feels, finding Both that. felt good. Both felt yeah. good for different reasons, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So Kelly, let's lead off with you. Now, I, it doesn't have to be an athletics memory, but I would love just a pen memory that uh, you find entertaining, our listeners would find entertaining, but but something that uh, you carry with you today. 
I want, I want so much to have one to give you to be, you know, this like monumental moment. But um, this was one of the questions I really have been thinking about. And there's so many small ones. And I think that's why I cherish my pen time so much. It's because the memories come from all different directions. I have tons of amazing soccer memories on and off the field. I also have tons of memories, you know, of the traditional pen, you know, heyday and spring fling and those kind of things, um, you know, when the football team won and we carried off the goalposts, which I don't even think you're allowed to do anymore. And so I feel, you know, I was in a sorority and so I have really great, you know, bidet memories and parties and mixers and getting dressed up as Halloween costumes. Like I just have so many that I couldn't pick one. And I feel like the cool thing about that is so many different people are involved in all those different memories. And it really just speaks to kind of the span of experience that pen offers. And I love that about my pen experience. It really was just like, it really expanded me for so many reasons. And I think that kind of like not being able to pick just one kind of speaks to that. No, absolutely. And I think that's just kind of a wonderful example of a, a really holistic experience. Like exactly. clearly your athletic experience was important to your undergraduate experience, but there were so many aspects of, of being a pen that were memorable to you. All right. I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> Dean, how about you? <laughs> I had the same reflection as Kelly. Uh, and I think that so many of the memories are the small things like the sitting on the bus and like having lunch with someone and, and walking campus and seeing the seasons change and like, you know, locust walk in, in the spring is like something very special. Right. And that's a memory that you have. Um, and then on the soccer field, I think that it's really the relationships that you create that last over time. Like the fact that Kelly and I met in like 1996 and her, on her recruiting trip. And like, we still spend almost every day together. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, those stories don't happen often. I do. I think it's, um, you know, treasuring those relationships and the memories. Like it's so much of, I think what we carry with us today that makes us smile. So glad that you can both uh, reflect in the positive. I think this, this next question really is sort of a takeoff on that. And it really asks you to think about, you know, what has what has pen meant in your life more broadly and what what has its impact on you look like? So maybe, Kelly, we can start with you on this one. Um, yeah, I think it is kind of like a similar response. I think, you know, I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. I went to an all girls private Catholic school that was small. And so um, kind of going to Penn was a really even though it's in the same city, I know that sounds crazy. And I try used to, people used to ask me like, where's Broad Street? And I'd be like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it was like the downtown was just far enough away. And so, um, you know, it really was eye opening and it really op expanded my horizons in such a unique way. And it gave me a confidence and it allowed me to find myself in a different way and to really challenge ideas I had and to grow and to meet people from literally all over the world. And so I think just that notion of it really taught me that that is a really great way to approach not just college, but life in general, being open to new experiences, being able to challenge yourself, being able to, um, to really form connections and to network and to kind of build on these relationships and, and so on to be really thoughtful about how you approach life, you know, I think so, so many of these things really there was a foundation formed at Penn that I just carry in my daily life and some of them you don't even realize you do, because they just kind of like became a part of you. Yeah. No question. Dean? Um, well, I, I, the phrasing of how has it impacted your life broadly? Like I met my husband at Penn. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> Every day, uh, my little brother went to Penn. My husband's sisters, like three, two of his three sisters went oh, to Penn. So I feel wow. like there's 
Um, one sister married a guy who went to Penn, who was in my class. Like there's a lot of Penn in my life. So I feel like mm -hmm. I, uh, it impacts me on the, on the daily. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I think that there's some like sort of values or, or sort of ways of doing things like time management and, um, like hard work and like striving for things that the combination of being an athlete at Penn, plus the rigors of the university, plus the robust social life, like made you be really mindful of how you spend your time in a way that you're making choices. Um, and I think that actually one of the things that I had to push myself to do after Penn was to start to say no, because I said yes mm -hmm. so much at Penn. And yeah. I think that, that, um, that experience of be feeling like almost like overextended while at college, I think is also a good experience to have because then you know your limits and your boundaries and what can, mm -hmm. what, how you can position yourself to be successful. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. And actually, actually the next, the next two questions, I'm going to hit you with different ones. Um, but, but um, let me start with Kelly because Dean, I think I'm going to come back and ask you a follow-up to that, but, but Kelly, for you, when you think about your teammates, um, and if you thought about them thinking about you during your playing days, what would be a few adjectives that you think your former teammates would use to describe you? And not just on the field, but how do you think that they would reflect on, you know, you as a person and describe you? Um, I mean, definitely competitive for sure. I think that might be the first one. And I think that like ran through everything I did. So competitive for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like at Penn, I was a work hard, play hard kind of person. And so yeah. I think, you know, if you, I was, I was always up for something new and for, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm not going to say like going to Blarney, but I was up for, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, just like kind of like I was really always up for anything. I really wanted to embrace everything about Penn. So yeah. I feel like I was always up for something. So kind of that, like up for any opportunity to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I don't know. They probably thought I was a little crazy at some points. I feel like, you know, I, but I would also say committed. I was very committed to our team for sure. Yeah. First and foremost, both as individuals yeah. and a team. Um, and also, um, I feel like I try to have a good balance of the notion of I am a student athlete and I feel really lucky to be able to play sports here, but mm -hmm. if we lose, that's going to be okay. And I'm going to, and we're going to figure that out and we're going to leave the field together and we're going to come back stronger. Yeah. So I really Builds try to have that. a good balance of that. Yeah, and perspective. so I, yeah. And so I yeah. hope they kind of, um, I hope people would say that about me. Yeah. Fabulous. So, so Dean, your, your kind of response made me think a bit about, um, you know, thinking about your 18 year old self and mm -hmm. like, what advice would you give to our women's soccer players today, 18 to 23 years old with the COVID chaos? Um, you know, what would you, what would you want them to benefit as far as your experiences and, and how you think about your college days now? I think that one thing I would say is to take more risks, um, okay. because I feel like, you know, however many years later at Penn, there's like, and like, particularly like right after Penn, I think that, um, I think that we think about the safe path and like what we're supposed to do. And I think that there were things that maybe I look back on like, maybe I should have tried that. Like I, you know, I think that we, I think Penn in particular has a very sort of traditional, um, almost corporate sort of vantage or like pathway, um, which I think is fantastic. And I think that a lot of people thrive in that, but I also think that, um, 
just because that is the path that most people come out of taking, come out of pen with, like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the path that is right for you or that you're going to be fulfilled by. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that to take more risks is good. Um, and also like life is long. Like if that risk didn't work at 23, like you probably have 70 more years of life left, right? Like you don't have, there's time no time to try it again. You know? right? <laughs> yeah. There's no timeline. Um, and I think that that, you know, I came out of college, like I was going to do teach for America and then I was going to go to law school and then I was going to do this and then I was going to do that. And like, that wasn't my exact path, but it was a very like, I'm going to go to grad school and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Very structured. And I think that being open to like fluidity and taking risk is something I wish I had, um, had the confidence to do. Yeah. I love, no I love that response. And, um, I will just say like, I was thinking that same thing earlier. One of the other questions, um, Alana kind of like posed to us ahead of time was what was one of your failures and how did you learn from it? And not that I consider what I'm about to say failure, but after, you know, while still in college, I had a opportunity to go coach at a different college after. And mm -hmm. I felt so conflicted. Like I'm supposed to go to New York city and I'm supposed to, you know, I'm, I'm right, there's to, this plan. I have to stick. Yes. To I had this plan in my head. And so, um, it's so interesting. You said that things, I was thinking about that also, not that I would ever change paths, you know, but no. cause I, I, you know, you end up where you're supposed to be, but, um, but I was thinking about that when we were kind of preparing for this is that, mm -hmm. you know, what would have happened if I had, you know, yeah. If I had gone that way and, you know, that's really such a passion for me is just the sport in general about coaching. And so like what would have happened, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. And, and sometimes a little heartbreaking to dream about what could have been, but that's, I think to Dean's point, like if you, if you can acknowledge that during your college days, but also recognize you do have the next 70 years to continue to explore. I do think at a place like Penn, many of us get stuck in that, okay, here's our plan and we have to stay attuned to our plan and we don't give ourselves the freedom necessarily to explore in ways that, boy, you know, your college days, it's a wonderful time. There are just a myriad of opportunities that uh, are easier to grasp, I think, in that moment than maybe when you're hitting your 30s, but, uh, but still plenty of opportunities. I think, Kelly, you touched on it. You know, this concept of, you know, a, a significant failure or a moment during your college days where you met a setback, um, but you know what? That setback taught you a lesson that you now carry through your life today or made you a stronger, more resilient person to, to I don't, I'm not sure I categorize you or Kelly yeah, as choosing not to take that path, but, but, but something that is memorable to either of you that, that you feel like, wow, like that sucked, but boy, do I feel like I learned something valuable for, you know, my next 70 as far as better understanding how to navigate failure. I mean, I have, I have setback, but I don't know. I mean, not that I don't have failure, but, um, I was, I was injured my soft, well, it happened my sophomore year. Um, and it, and I went into my junior season, like the preseason, um, I think it was like the first day of preseason, we finally got an MRI and I had torn meniscus in my knee and they're like, you have a choice. Um, uh, you can yeah play the season. Like it's not going to get worse. You're going to, you can play the season, but it's going to hurt like hell. And we'll, you know, medicate or however we want to deal with it, or you can get surgery now and, and be out for the season. And I of course chose to play, but that was like, that was, you know, I, I definitely didn't play as well. Like it was in my head a lot more that season. And so there was yep. a lot of like, re, you know, reflection and, and sort of overthinking that happened as a result of that, that, yeah, um, didn't allow me to be as successful as I think I could have been that season. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I think that sort of the recovery process post-surgery also gave me this space to like, you know, I learned a lot about mm-hmm. my health and I think that was really valuable. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a, a, a lovely example. Cause I do think those setbacks, you know, the resilience, what you take from those moments, I personally found it to be really important, but I do feel like sometimes our 18 to 22 year olds lose sight of the fact that this moment will make you stronger. Boy, it feels awful as you live through it, but um, there's a value and a lesson that you'll take from this that uh, will benefit you down the road. So, yeah. So interesting because, you know, Dean and I in coaching, you know, we kind of are on the other side of that. And now Mm -hmm. it's us saying to kind of these 17 and eight year old, 18 year olds, like, I'm so sorry you're going through what you're going through. And, you know, you have to find the balance of really respecting that when you're in it, it's hard. It's really hard to have perspective and to see the future. And, but, but you also want to support them and, and, you know, buoy them and help them know that it's going to be okay. And, and so we're kind of on the other side of that right now. And it's, it's very interesting to, it's a really interesting juxtaposition for sure. Yeah. No question. I feel like sometimes those, you know, high school students tune us in and sometimes they quickly tune us out. So kudos to both of you for every day trying to impart such wisdom. <laughs> All right. So let's, we'll, we'll, we'll move away from the personal questions for a minute and, and talk a little bit about kind of Title IX and 100 years of athletics at Penn for women and how Penn will move forward. But Kelly, maybe we can start with you. Just kind of broad general thoughts on Title IX or how you feel like it's impacted your life, benefited your experience. Yeah, I mean, I can confidently say, I mean, I do really believe I am who I am today because I had the opportunity to play sports and not just play sports, you know, around the corner from my house, but play sports across the country and with different people and with really quality coaches and in in really unique facilities. And and this is 20 years ago. And so like compare that to what, you know, kids yeah. are getting to experience now, which is so amazing. But um, just the opportunity to play sports in a focused and supportive environment in competitive environment really mm-hmm. made me who I am today. And it's so great to have conversations with um, with women who experienced, you know, maybe a little bit less than that. And to hear that they still had fun and they were still competitive and they still rocked it. And so it's like this ability to overcome wherever you are because sports kind of does that. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for everyone who kind of, who came before and who weathered whatever they had to weather and who really just enjoyed it and who made such great strides for us. And it's so, um, it's such an honor to carry on a cool legacy at, at a place like Penn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm involved in some of the hall of fame stuff at Penn. And so I've, you know, read some really bios about some really amazing women who did things like 75 years ago that really are responsible for bringing sports to the university. And that is just, I'm so in awe of people who have the um, the confidence and the ability to step up and make those changes for people. So I'm just grateful. I'm excited that the current student-athletes have it even better than we did. And um, kind of that, um, you kind of mentioned the word holistic, and they have a more holistic student-athlete mm-hmm. experience, you know, with the strength training, with nutrition, with the mental health, and all the support they have, academic support. So it's just exciting. It's exciting to be to be a part of it, to be kind of named in that same in that same length of, um, of just a really cool tradition. So Dina, a slightly different question for you. That's uh, maybe a bit more sort of forward thinking. And, you know, it sounds like you had a compelling pen experience, obviously in the early two thousands, but when you think about what your hopes and dreams are for the next 100 years of women's athletics at Penn, are there things that you think of it that you're like, wow, I'm so excited that they will have this, that, or the other thing. And how, how do you just think about how this experience can can grow and, and continue to be incredibly meaningful? Yeah, I think that 
like looking forward to sports and like women in sports at Penn, I think that the sport, the competition of the sport itself is, is great. And like, I would hope and expect that, you know, the, the women's funding is equal to the men's funding and that the sort of travel experiences and are great and all of the things that you would expect just as a general, like outcome of title nine. But I also think that so much of sport is like the things that you that are not sport related, right? It's like the mm-hmm. learning how to get feedback. It's like learning how to give feedback. It's learning how to advocate <laughs> for yourself. It's all of these things. Um, and I think that we don't talk enough about the non like technical and tactical parts of sport with mm-hmm. the athletes and sort of like, so that they can start to name the other skills that they're gaining. Um, yeah. And I hope that sport transitions to that because I think that it gives women in particular the confidence when they enter the workplace that they may not have without having had the sport in their life. Um, and so I think that naming that a little bit more would be really exciting to see. Um, and then obviously I would love to see like, you know, increased numbers and, you know, more sports, like I, you know, flag football opportunities, like, can there be flag football for women at Penn? I don't know, but like there's other, like there, I think there are sort of barrier breaking sports that are, um, would be really fun to see at Penn that I think women are participating in, um, you know, that I think people would really like to see. Yeah, no question. And just, I think your, your comments on, um, just, you know, all of the important lessons learned and, and, um, kind of meaningful experiences that don't in essence show up in a media guide. You know, it's not about statistics. It's not about goals scored. And it's one of the one of the things that I really appreciate about um, our current leadership academy and our partnership with the Wharton School, because we really are trying to make the athletics experience um, like an experiential educational experience around reflecting on the fact that what you are doing in the context of playing sports and competing has a lot of tie-in with leadership. And that is like an everyday applicable asset. And I think for for many graduates, ideally a differentiator, like ensuring that we're learning lessons that go well beyond, you know, where where do I want to put the ball, you know, in the second half when time's running out and blah, blah, blah. So I, I, you know, I, I, and it's wonderful. Obviously our, our leadership academy includes both men and women, but I do think that women haven't had those opportunities as often to kind of really reflect and internalize their experience in a way that that is educational beyond just the wins and the losses. So I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I'd like to think that a lot of the investments we're making will do more of that moving forward, and including, you know, continue to invest in broad-based opportunities and ensuring that women have opportunities that are, uh, you know, equitable with our men's opportunities. But it is I think it can be a really special piece, particularly at an institution like Penn, when you have just really exceptional students to begin with. So, all right, awesome. So a couple of fun, lighthearted questions. Anybody have a favorite class or uh, a favorite road trip or a hated road trip? Any sort of little fun tidbits or facts that you would share from uh, from your days at Penn? I The class I remember most vividly was Shoulders, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, like that class. Oh, okay is was so good and I feel like there's still lessons that I'm like oh wait that happened okay now I'm listening in in the news okay yeah right Mm -hmm. awesome Kelly favorite class favorite road trip something um I don't have like a favorite road trip per se but I feel like I have a favorite moment so if we're going to talk about that I feel like um the the night that we found out we made it to NCAAs for the first time 
we were kind of just like all in our house on Sansom Street where a couple of us lived. And it was like, the and you had to get the call on a real phone, like not a cell phone. Like Andy had to call our house, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that we could find out. And I feel like it was just this moment of, it just felt like this kind of like togetherness. And then it was like insanity. Do you know what I mean? Yes. People were like running in the street, like as if we had won the yeah. little cup, which we didn't. Right. But in that moment, it felt it's a big like historic moment. Yeah. yeah, it felt like we did. And it didn't feel so historic and big. It just felt so exciting in that little, you know, living room. And, and so I feel like that's definitely one of the things that comes to mind when you talk about like favorites, not road trip per se, but yeah, no, I, I, I dare to say that many athletes that saw themselves at an NCAA tournament, remember that moment when the call came in or the remember the moment when they were showcased on ESPN on the screen. Yeah, 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 at a bracket. No, there are, there are some uh, exceptional moments over time for Penn. No question. Thankfully. All right. So, um, let me wrap up with a question that tends to be a fan favorite. So, what question do you wish I had asked that I didn't? And what would your answer be? So Nikki, we, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Kelly, we can start with you. I wish you had asked Dean and I how our season has gone for the Conestoga <laughs> girls soccer. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, Dean is better. You better have a winning so record she... now that you now that you presented this. <laughs> Dean, you tell her. You tell um, her. Yeah, we're 15 and two at the end of the regular season. We Yay. won our league 11 and 0 and we're headed to districts so doing fabulous and fabulous. the girls scored 80 goals so far in 17 games 80 goals we have yeah. somebody who averages like four a game um or do you yeah. have a multitude of players who you are... have 19 different people who have had a goal or assist it's it's crazy it's exciting wow. It's yeah. so I hope fun. We're do a little consulting with our, our head women's soccer coach because she's, <laughs> uh, you know, she has some challenges occasionally on the scoring front. So that's fabulous. <laughs> well, kudos, kudos to you guys. All right, Dean, I won't make you, you know, adopt Kelly's question. So is there something you wish I had asked that I didn't? Um, I'm trying to think of nothing's come, nothing is, nothing is coming to mind to be yeah. totally yeah. No, yeah. fair enough. We've covered yeah. a lot of ground, so I can, mm -hmm. I can let you off the hook. Well, I, I just want to say thank you both. And I want to thank you both, obviously, for, for, for sharing this time with me. But I also want to thank you both for being involved in our community and serving on our soccer board and kind of helping us advance soccer at Penn and everything we want to accomplish today and then the future. So thank you both for your service. Uh, but more than anything, just thanks for the time. It's, it's wonderful to spend some time with two celebrated athletes and, and honor and celebrate women who have had an impact in, in Penn Athletics. So thank you both. Thanks to you too, Alana, especially for all that you have done for Penn Athletics, but what you're doing now in leadership role is just amazing. And you're such a great representative of Penn Athletics and Penn, you know, women's athletics. And so thank you so much for all that you do. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both.